Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 101. Hey, this is Lori Harder from Earn Your Happy. And if you want your relationships to be blissful, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, I'm sure you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about the importance of masterminds. I know I personally would not be anywhere near where I am today without spending tens of thousands of dollars investing into building relationships in a mastermind setting. So on that, I am opening up a second round of my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha in order to build relationships with some of you guys out there. If this is something that interests you, please head over to buildyournetwork.co slash alpha to submit an application and hop on the phone with me to chat about it. 
And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Lori Harder. Lori is a leader in facilitating transformation through mindfulness, fitness, and self-love. She helps people lock in their transformation by teaching how to create lasting relationships that support their goals long-term. As a successful entrepreneur running two seven-figure businesses, network marketing professional, author, TEDx speaker, 10-time cover model, and three-time fitness world champion, she offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to promote sustainable health, spiritual well-being, and emotional thriving. She's the creator of the Top 100 Earn Your Happy podcast with over 6 million downloads, the founder of the Bliss Project event with thousands of women who've attended, and the author of the upcoming book, A Tribe Called Bliss. Throughout her career, Lori has regularly appeared on the covers of and published articles for Oxygen Magazine, Strong Fitness Magazine, Marie Claire, Health and Fitness Magazine, and Prosper Magazine. She's also been featured on NBC, Fox, OWN, and TLC Networks. Lori, thank you so much for coming to the show today. I'm super, super excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expound just a tad on that intro, and then tell us what you're most excited about right now. Oh, I'm excited to be here, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I, You know, every time I hear that intro, I'm like, how in the hell did I do those things? Um, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a lot of years just uh, of work, which I just love because there was a time when I never thought I'd be able to do any of those things. So that's how I'm going to expand on that. And what's exciting right now? Is that the other one? Yes. Honestly, I'm coming out of a massive, like I just... Um, really kind of am coming out of a massive up-leveling in my life. So I kind of feel like I'm transcending to a new level, which is very exciting. Um, hopefully I can stay just chilled out here for a little while yeah. <laughs> before we go to the next one. Um, and also just the book. I have a book for real. Like when people say they're excited about their book, I totally get it now. Like you are you have been sitting in the process for so long that now the sharing process seems so freaking exciting to go and have the conversations and have fun and really share why you started this whole journey. Yeah, that's so that's so cool. And I, I really do want to take a little bit of a dive into what, what you said at the very beginning of when you started talking, um, which is you didn't ever think that this would be something that you'd be able to do. And I, I love that you said that because I think that a lot of people that sit out there and maybe listen you know, to your show, and of there's 6 million of them, so um, there, there's quite a few people sitting out there that listen to the show and that see you speak on stage and, and do all these different things and, um, and be on the cover of magazines. And then they think, oh, there's just no way that I can do that. That's Lori. That's Lori's, that's Lori's thing. She can do those kinds of things. So it's so refreshing to talk to people that are in your position that you're in now and uh, realize that they started off with the same exact thoughts that every other person starts off with. How did you overcome those thoughts when you first, um, when you first got started, Lori? Mm, I mean, it's been, it's been a long journey and, you know, a lot of those things came, I, I love to share that a lot of my success came way later in my career. Um, so if you're starting out later, perfect. And, and, you know, there's so many people who I know who are starting out even later. And I I think that's amazing because it's all divine timing and you have to trust that because if you don't trust that, that's where you're going to get stuck anyway. Um, it's just another limiting belief is that it's too late. It's never too late. But for me, this has been years in the making. And I really think that there was just a pain point of staying the same that started to hurt so much more than finally starting to confront some of my fears. And my main fear that I had to first overcome, I mean, there was a lot of beliefs I had to overcome of being worthy and self-worth and things like that. But for me, fear was a big one that held me back. Fear of judgment, 
fear of just not being able to do it, fear of having panic attacks. So for me, I had to first really work through uh, my anxiety and mm. panic attacks. So that was really, really big because that kept me from getting on a stage. It kept me from speaking in front of people. It even kept me from going out socially sometimes because mm. I just, any center of attention for me would cause like, uh, honestly would cause a panic attack. So for me, that was huge. And I really did not start to overcome that until I started confronting my fears, started doing fitness competitions, started saying yes to the things that I wanted with my fear and just knowing that I just got to a point of knowing that no matter what happened, even if it meant passing out on the stage, it was still better for me to go and try it than to live with this like disappointment of betraying myself, of knowing who I was Hmm. and not showing up as who I was put on this planet to be. So I was willing to now face the pain of like maybe massive humiliation over the pain of this horrible, like knowing that you're meant for more and settling and not doing it. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So ultimately the ultimately the fear of I don't know, maybe regret. I don't know if that's the right way of saying that, but the fear mm-hmm. of regret is kind of what took over the fear of failure. Is that, mm-hmm. would that, would that make sense? To, I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, myself, but, <laughs> yeah. it totally does. You know, I've always had this like innate gift that I think that we can all tap into actually. I think we all have it. Um, maybe you'll call it a gift, maybe you won't, but I really think it's valuable for your life is being able to really fast forward to the end of my life or to 10 years down the road and use that as a tool to see where you're at. If you do not make changes and if you're going to be okay, who's around you, who's still with you, 
what job are you at? What does your actual day to day look like? What are you feeling like in the middle of the day? What are you feeling like when you put your head, um, on your pillow at night? And like, if you can let yourself go there, like on a daily basis of, am I going to be okay if I don't do these things? Like, am I going to be okay at the end of my life? If I don't do these, I think the people who, you know, ignore what they want to do are the people who also ignore the fact that we're not going to live forever. Hmm. And that it is only, we, we don't get, we don't just stay the same. You're either always getting better or you're going backwards. So if you are not taking action right now to move towards the person, you know, you are, you are moving backwards and your 10 year plan is going to be worse than where you're at now. Oh man, gaining clarity is such an important task. And I, I feel that so many people just neglect doing it. I don't know if it's just from a, a standpoint of they don't know that they should be doing it or it's just they don't want to take the time. But um, man, that's something I've really been trying to put into practice in my own life, Lori. And I'm glad that you brought that up because um, gaining clarity has brought so much. Gaining clarity on my long term has allowed me to gain clarity on my short term. Um, what do I need to do today in order to make sure that in five years from now, I'm where I want to be? I'm where I see myself. And if you're not doing that on a on a, on a weekly monthly, yearly, whatever kind of a basis, then uh, the, the way I liken it, uh, the, the the picture that I like to paint, Lori, is you're just kind of like a, a boat that's just kind of floating in the ocean. And you're hoping that you're going to end up at your destination. But unless you make yourself head in that direction, then the odds of it happening are literally none because mm -hmm. you haven't ever put that direction in place. And so if you don't know where you're going, then how do you know how to get there? And mm -hmm. um, man, I think that's such an important piece of information for people to start to digest. So let's go back practically here, Lori, and talk about at the beginning of all of this. So where where did you first initially start seeing, seeing some success in your life? initially started seeing success. Uh, depends on what you call success because at first I was just happy that I was starting to do small things like, like becoming a personal trainer Okay. okay. <laughs> because that in the beginning was like, I just had massive self-worth issues because I was, um, raised in a really restrictive, uh, religion where I couldn't associate with anyone outside of the religion. Okay. Um, and also, I was homeschooled through high school. So I had these massive, you know, these limiting beliefs around not being smart enough, not being good enough. I just complete, um, imposter syndrome at all times. So yeah. to me, even becoming a personal trainer, I was like, Oh my God, I just know my first clients are going to be like doctors. And they're going to be like, who do you think you are? And you don't know what you're talking about. This was a legit belief of mine. I was yeah, like, I just yeah. know I'm going to train doctors and they're going to call me out. So I can't start. And that's right. what was stopping me. And I'm like, who cares? Like, you know how to train people and you know how to get results and you right. can fix any mistake that happens along the way. And awesome. If you have a doctor, how about you ask them questions? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right. it's all of these things though, that's, that stop us. We create this story about what's going to happen. We project it and then that's the end all. So mm -hmm. that was huge for me. Just even starting to confront those fears, becoming a personal trainer, starting, you know, then opening my own studio, because it's like the same set of beliefs follow us everywhere. So that same idea that I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm not smart enough is the same idea that just crept in, you know, last week before I spoke in front of, or, or a few weeks ago before I spoke in front of 10,000 people, like mm -hmm. 
it's not that they ever go away because sometimes they can feel like they're gone, but then they just rear their ugly heads and they're bigger than ever. But then you also, your tools are bigger than ever. Like you've also learned how to move through these things. So for me in the beginning, that's really what success looked like was starting to overcome one fear and one limiting belief at a time, um, and gaining all of these tools. So, so timeline here, how long ago was that, that you first became a personal trainer? Uh, I think I was 20. So I got certified actually when I was like 22 or 23, but never did anything about it until I was like 26. Okay. Got it. Got it. So you're 26 years old, you start personal training and then how long until you open up the studio? Um, about, let's see, I think two or three years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then at that point, like, where were you in your, in your thought process of like, there's gotta be something bigger at that point. Cause obviously when you, when you open up your own studio and, and you're, and you're training all these different people that, that, uh, that had to have been a really good feeling to get to that point. So when you were at that point, you were like, oh man, I, there, I, there's gotta be something even bigger than this. How, what, what was that mindset? You know, it's funny because it, from the start of that, so I think all of us know there's something really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that we're all obviously always setting up these little markers of like getting to that bigger thing. So for me, training was just a part of it. Opening the studio was just a part of it. But when I was doing the studio, I did think that that might've been kind of the ultimate was growing this studio, right? I was like, okay, well, what do you do now that you have a studio? Okay, well, maybe you get a bigger space and then maybe you franchise the spaces and maybe you grow that. And I realized really quickly for me, my answer was not to do that because I was in there, I was working with these women and every single day, it's like, I'd be training these women and putting them through workouts and telling them how to eat. But none of it ever mattered if we didn't change their beliefs. So right away for me, I was seeing myself in all of them, um, and really recognizing, wow, I could really just kind of stop training them. Like I had women that would come in and be like, could we not train today? And can we just talk and I was like, really? um, no, we can't do that, but yeah. I'll talk to you while we train. Right. Maybe some other and, time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I could start to, I started to see that I had a gift of giving them the space and moving them through kind of these limiting beliefs. And for them, that was paying off more than the training was because they were getting more results through just kind of learning how to move through the rest of their life and not rely so much on training and food to change their life or think that they needed this image to be who they wanted to be. So I was like, wait a minute, there is something here. Like my programs need this mindset piece. And when I started to incorporate this and really work on this myself, because I was finding if I wasn't working on me, I could only take them so far. I could only take them to where I was at. So I had to, you know, not only be growing myself, um, and investing in myself, but this is what I would need in order to help grow them. So that really, for me became this moment of wait a minute, this is, I am enjoying this way more than even the physical training part or teaching about food. Like I'm actually not that interested in that. I think it's a foundational piece, but I am way more interested in the mindset piece because none of this even works or nor does it have anywhere to like sit if you don't have uh, the mental piece. So that's when I started to just want to dive into personal development. And I thought, what could I do from here? Wow. I can really, you know, create an event. I could take this online. I could write a book. I could do all these other things. So that's where I realized this other, this other thing. And at the time that was not popular. Like who was I to think that I could just be this fitness person and become 
a personal development person. Like I, then this belief around, I need a license. I need to be a psychologist. I need to do this. So I tried to stop myself again. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have like these massive life results from doing nothing to creating all of this stuff. Like, how am I doing this? This is just practical tools that I'm using. I could teach practical tools. Right. So that's really when I started to switch gears. Got it. Got it. So, so at along this whole timeline here, Lori, where, where did you and Chris meet? And then how did Isogenics play into this whole picture? So Chris and I met at a gym, uh, when I was 21 and I was not into it because I was, I was still in love with someone else. And I had just moved home after being on my own for like three years. And I got myself into, um, some serious debt in a bad situation with really bad roommates, um, who were making keys for all of their friends, not paying rent anymore. So I was paying the rent the last few months. And I was like, I've got called my dad. I was like, Hey, I, I need to come home. I need to make some money. I need to get out of this situation that's going on here. He didn't tell my mom what was going on basically because, you know, be having a religious background, my mom still thought that it was all, everything was all good. And, and things were not happening outside of that, um, (laughs) that were not, Mm -hmm. you know, in line with, with that, uh, with the religion. So he's like, okay, just come home. You can work with me. So he does kitchens and bathrooms. And I had worked with him, uh, before when I was a teenager. And so I went back to installing kitchens and bathrooms with my dad Hmm. and I was going to just pay, like I was going to save money, pay rent in my other apartment while I lived with my parents and also save money, but just to be out of the situation. So I was not a happy camper. Like I moved from, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I was very unhappy. Like, you know, I went back to having a nine o'clock curfew, having to act like I was somebody else because, you know, I yeah. just, the beliefs were completely different at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, met Chris at the gym and did not have plans to stay in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I had moved from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a much bigger city. And I thought that I just knew everything about the world after seeing this smaller (laughs) city in Wisconsin. And I I, I meet him and he, unfortunately, he was just a victim of really bad timing. Um, I had had, because it was a small town and they never see new girls there. I had had two other guys hit on me right before that. And I was like, where am I? Like, this does not happen to me. Like this never happens. So what is going on here? he was the third one in like 30 minutes. And I was like, that's it. I can't like be at this gym. So he comes up and he's like, hi. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and I was like, bye. <laughs> so, so he immediately thought I was rude because I just oh, couldn't, man. I was like, I was in a bad place. I just wanted to be there and work out and make money. And I was like, what is going on? So anyhow, that's how I met Chris. And we ended up finally, I see him at the gym over and over. And I'm like, this guy's really nice. He's, he seems like he's got great intention. So I went up and introduced myself to him. Um, we became friends. We just started talking and, and hanging out and being friends. And he was this person that like I could just talk to and laugh with, and I didn't have anyone there. And it was, it was this amazing relationship where when I didn't have this intention or these expectations, it was like the first time in my life without any of those things. It's incredible at what you can connect over. And he just had this brilliant, he was a brilliant business person and also just so, uh, so full of life and interested in life and interested in more than just even where we were at. Like he was a dreamer and I was a huge dreamer too. So we connected over that and we were probably friends for like six months and then it turned more into a romantic relationship. 
Wow. So <laughs> this is something. So you guys have been together for quite a long time then, yeah? Uh, 16 years. that's 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 a while okay so so i I had chris on the show so for those of you listening um chris uh, harder was i think episode number 44 of uh build your network and he did a fantastic job and we had a great time on the show as well and he was talking a little bit more about um what was going on in his life during all this time with the whole mortgage crisis and and all that kind of stuff and then uh you during all of this that that he was going through started working um so you were already doing personal training i assume at that point Mm -hmm. and then you started working with isogenics and then you brought him on what was that whole timeline how did that transition happen oh when did that so we're like the thing about chris and i is we we struggle with timelines timelines so stay with me here so let me see how old all right like some people are numbers people and he and i are like i don't know was that three years ago people are like that was like six years ago whatever (laughs) um (laughs) so i think we found isogenics when i was God, I want to say I was 28. Okay. Like, so I think it was like two, uh, hold on, let me think, 2008, 2009. I think it was 2008. So I had, he had lost his job. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had to start that studio. Mm-hmm. I was, I wanted to be a, like a fitness celebrity, a fitness mentor, like a fitness icon. Like that was the big goal. Okay. And I was training in, I had started that private studio. I was training down there. And one of my clients, um, knew that this was my, my dream. And I also was at this point where I was really struggling with fitness competitions. I had competed for, I think about four years at this point, And I, I had placed really well in the beginning and then it just went downhill because I got really extreme with the diet. And, um, with that, with the extreme dieting, I ended up, um, also putting on weight and my body was just like shutting down. And I'd gone to a competition where I, it was kind of like this moment from my coaches of like, you need to do really well here. Like, it's just, you know, your time. And I ended up doing terrible. Like I almost placed in the last, like, it was like 50 something place going from like placing in, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth to like 50th place. And I just was miserable. I felt awful. My body was like massive backlash. It was not responding. I didn't feel good. My hormones were totally out of whack. And I came home and I had shared with this client who I'd became close to, like, I just, I, I don't think this is it. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I think I'm going to be done like competing. I, I feel like a hypocrite, like mm. trying to tell people how to live their life. And I'm over here wrecking my soul and my body. And she's like, okay, I, you know, you know that I use this product, like you should just give it a try. I think it'd be huge for you. I think that it could really help reset you. And she told me about it for like six months, but it wasn't until I hit rock bottom that I was open to it. Hmm. So I started using it and I'm not kidding you. Like three days later, I, I felt like a completely different person because number one, my body was getting totally different nutrition. Number two, it was actually getting nutrition. I wasn't eating the same damn thing over and over and over again. Right, right. I mean, you guys, at this point I was eating like chicken and mustard and like plain broccoli, like every single meal. And then I was binging on the weekends. So that's not working. That's an eating disorder. Um, (laughs) so I had, I had to break the cycle. Like I completely had to break the cycle and find something that actually fueled me for a while until I could reset mentally too. And what happened from there was I had a massive transformation emotionally. When you can change someone's emotions, like, and make them feel happy or feel energetic, you have just completely rocked your world with something. So this was in ingri- This was like, so 
And this was such a pivotal moment in my life. Like it, I can honestly say that this was a moment where I felt like my life had shifted and like I had saved my life, Hmm. um, where something saved my life from where I was going. And for me, that was it. I was like, everybody needs to know about this. I know so many people struggling with their food, with, with not getting the nutrients that they need, with not, um, getting all the vitamins that they need. So for me, I just declared it. It was like, I have to tell everybody about this. And that was a little bit down the road after actually winning. I won three world championships in a matter of a year. And I wasn't really sharing much about isogenics yet because the coach that I was working with at the time was like, no supplementation, like you have to be all natural. So I was like freaking out because I was pretty impressionable. And I was like, I don't want to wreck this relationship. Mm -hmm. And the industry was like not into network marketing at the time. You wanted to be paid by all these other products. And I thought that my career would be ruined if I did network marketing, because that was really kind of what was being said without being said. Does that make sense? Like it was like, an unspoken, like if you sell your soul out to network marketing, like you're not going to get ahead in this career. So I was like, I'm definitely not doing that. And then finally I thought I am waiting for someone to validate me and tell me that I am good enough. And I had this moment of, I could like just create my own business. Just do that myself. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But there was a lot of backlash in the beginning. And I just thought, stay, stay true to what worked for you. Like this was my truth. It changed my life. And what I was doing was not working. And you know what? Even my career, I was maxed out. Like I was trading time for money and I was maxed out and I had big visions and they were pulling me and where I was and what I was doing was not going to cut it. So you got to look at your life really close. And I had to look at my life really close in this moment of what's my life going to look like in five years if I keep banging my head against the wall? Right. Like I'm going to have a massive headache and I'm not going to be anywhere except going backwards. So I thought I have to, I have to just go to a place where I have never gone before and have faith. Like I have to trust the people who are on the other side of this in this company and creating these businesses and all of these entrepreneurs who have gone before me who say, it's crazy. It's hard. You're going to, your relationships are about to get rocked. Your marriage might get rocked. Your life might get rocked, but you know what? You're, you're going to rock your own life anyway, if you don't do these things. So I had a massive, just, it's one of those burn the boats moments of right, right. got to be all in or you're all out. It's not going to move the needle. And it's such a relieving, relieving feeling to finally live your truth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just come out and say, you know what? Like, I, I've tried these other different things and just it just didn't work for me. But here's what I have been doing for the last year, and this is what's allowed me to see so to see so much success in in my fitness career is this product right here, and and then start sharing it and stuff like that. How how did your transition from being growing up really religious and then becoming your own person? I assume in your 20s at some point. How did that affect your ability to make decisions to be yourself later on in life? Well, I think that I got really clear on what it feels like to not be me and to not be me felt like self betrayal and to not be me felt like you have no energy. So if you feel heavy, if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, most likely it's because you're trying to be someone else or you're living someone else's life. And I just, it was like, I, once you taste freedom, 
once you know who you are and you let that version of yourself out, like you cannot go back. So for me, it was, it was getting that little taste of like who you really are and what it feels like to be you. Um, and then after that, I kind of like my life's commitment is to start making decisions around following how to be free. Like, how do you free yourself? Because every time you make a decision against who you are and where you're meant to go, you're literally just putting yourself in shackles. Like it's no matter, it's never someone else's fault. It's never our environment. While these things absolutely, you know, help and and help you change and become that person. It's really taking radical responsibility for where you're at and knowing that if you're not happy and you don't feel like you, it's because you're betraying yourself. You're not making decisions that are in alignment with who you are. So it made, it made a massive difference because I was very familiar with the feeling of prison of mental prison. And I refuse to go back to mental prison and don't get me wrong. I still do it every single day. I make decisions against myself, Mm -hmm. but I'm very aware of them. And I always try to look and say, okay, where could I make a little tweak? Okay. Where could I come out a little bit more? Okay. I totally wasn't myself at that event. Okay. How could you have shown up a little different? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this beginning of part of this conversation went a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but it was just because there's so much awesome stuff that you keep saying. And so I uh, didn't want to cut that short at all, but uh, we are coming up to the end of this. So let's go ahead and uh, shift the conversation here, Lori, and chat about networking here for the last uh, few minutes, which is a topic that I know that you know a lot about, not just because of your motivational speaking and public speaking and all that kind of stuff that you do now, but of your background in network marketing. And uh, that's such a, um, um, I, I give anybody mad props who who's actually uh, done network marketing and stuck with it for a long time, especially with one company. Um, and so I, I have huge respect to you and Chris for doing that. So this is the question I ask everybody to get this conversation going in the right direction. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? I think that this is a great question. <laughs> I think, I think, That I, you know, looking back, I can honestly say, I think who, you know, because who, you know, will help you elevate to the next level. Um, and you can learn from who, you know, you can learn what you don't know from who, you know. So I definitely think who, you know, is more important than what, you know, currently, Um, because for me, the story has always been, I don't feel like I know enough, but I've always taken the leap into the circles and into the groups and the people and the events that I believe are the people that I want to be around and the tribes I want to be around. So I've always served myself in a way of going into the areas and making friends with the people who are where I want to be at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that's always that's always pretty much my answer when when somebody flips the script on me and asks me that question is is exactly what you just said. It's I think that it's who you know and it's because I just feel like every time I've gotten around people who are just on a completely different level than I am, just operate on a totally different level of life, um, I just I, I learn so much from just being around them, just rubbing shoulders with them. And my, my, what I know will always increase, um, in direct proportion to my who. Um, and Mm -hmm. I I don't find that the opposite is as true. Will you get to know more people because you have success and you know, your what really well? Yeah, of course. But will it grow exponentially? Um, I don't know. Maybe if you, if you are really, really, really good, then yeah, maybe, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg has a fantastic circle of people and it's because he knew his what really well. 
well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't know all the, all the people he knows now and then learned from them and then built Facebook. No, he built Facebook and then got introduced to all these people because it blew up. But unless mm-hmm. you're a one-off like that, then I think that it's, I think that it's just so much more important to put your time and energy and focus and even money into the who you know. And I know from talking to Chris that that's something that you guys definitely believe in, Lori. So let me ask you this, how important, how crucial have uh, paid masterminds or one-on-one mentorships been for you in, in your career so far? Oh my God, for going to the next level. Like there are some levels that you can absolutely get to in your life on your own. But even then I have mentors in my ears through podcasts and through books and, you know, modalities like what you're doing right now, Mm -hmm. um, with your podcast. But if I want to really, really go and, and practice what it looks like to be around and in and get the feelings and get the inside scoop on the next level, uh, and just, have people who hold me accountable. See, that's the thing is when things aren't getting done, that's when you know you need them. Um, because you need some massive accountability and maybe some other ideas from outside sources. So when you've reached a plateau for a long period of time, that is your time to go get coaches, get in a mastermind. And it's exponentially grown our businesses and our life and our relationships and our perspective. Um, more than I can say, I will never not have a coach. I, I, I have like a few coaches at a time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm always in, I'm in two different masterminds, technically three masterminds this year. So yeah, I think they are vital. If you have a big calling and a big mission. If you don't mind me asking Lori in the last couple of years, how much money have you and Chris spent on masterminds? Oh my God. I don't, it's definitely far over six figures. Uh, Chris is the money guy. I don't really know. I know that I have this year alone, we have like over a hundred thousand dollars on my end for masterminds. Um, yeah. And that's not for coaching. So yeah, I, <laughs> included. I, I asked that just to put this into perspective for somebody listening right now. If, if, if you've never done something like this, you're obviously not going to go spend six figures on a mastermind this year, but should you spend something? I think the answer is yes. Um, if, if you want, if your goals are to exponentially increase your know-how and your connections and relationships this next year, then I don't think there's another option that you, you kind of have to go spend money on something like this. Are there free options? Yeah, of course. But will you get as much from that free group? No, definitely not because you're not as emotionally invested because you didn't spend money on it. And the other people in the group aren't as emotionally invested because they didn't spend money on it either. Um, so do you, do you got to go find one that's, you know, $75,000 for a year? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. But find something that works for the level that you're currently operating on. And I think that you will find the same exact thing that Lori has uh, found in her career and that I've uh, started to find in mine. And uh, Lori, I'm, I'm, there's so many different directions we could take this conversation. I wish that we have more time, but we just don't. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment here called the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? I'm ready. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Oh, any sort of performer, um, ballroom dancer, professional ballroom dancer, singer, um, definitely spoken word poet. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Oh, I mean, Oprah. She's my favorite. (laughs) I just, I totally admire Oprah for, um, 
how she shows up and for her path of just spiritual development and what she's been able to do in life. Yeah, she's she's absolutely incredible. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Um, I, I pretty much like all of them. I'm a huge lover of books, um, massive podcast uh, listener. I do like videos, but I don't use them as much. And I like events. I love events. They're probably my favorite. What is a book that you've read recently that you would totally recommend people to live, to read? Um, I'm loving Tribe of Mentors because I read a few stories from, I mean, these are the the most successful people um, in business right now. And I'm just, I love hearing this common theme of just spirituality and taking care of yourself and connection and tribe. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So every morning we wake up to a morning mantra. Um, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, more fit than I was yesterday. Yes, it's basic. It's basic because it works. <laughs> and, right. and then we go downstairs and we read. We try to read at least 10 pages. I'm not going to lie. Lately, it's been more like three to five. And then we do a visualization slash meditation. It's usually only five to 15 minutes. And then I go, um, we go move our body in the morning and we try not to let anybody interrupt our day until 11 a.m. That's kind of our sacred uh, guarded time that we've been able to do through the years that we've structured. Didn't always uh, happen like this. So that was something that we created. When you say you don't let anybody in, does this include like texts, emails, social media, all that kind of stuff? We try. Life has gotten a little busy the last few months, but I'm going to try to get back to that actually in the next like upcoming month. Got it. What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, go to pump up song. I've been really random. I've been listening to, um, just Apple music. Uh, so I really don't have one, you know, what's weird. This is what I've been listening to. I know this is the nerdiest. Um, the Hamilton soundtrack has been literally what I'm listening to in the gym. I know I'm almost borderline embarrassed. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out, Lori. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. What are you not very good at? Um, I'm a slow learner. So I'm trying to learn guitar right now and it is bad. It is so bad. Like it's, it's just real bad. I don't know if I'll ever get good. That's okay. (laughs) All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, what is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Um, I'm on Instagram the most at Lori Harder. Yeah. Instagram the most. Perfect. Perfect. So if you want to see more from Lori, head over to Instagram. That's at Lori Harder. That's L-O-R-I and then Harder um, on Instagram. And then if you want to go check out her podcast, highly, highly recommended. Um, It's called Earn Your Happy. You can listen to that on your favorite podcasting platform. Lori, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Had a blast talking to you. Mm, You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.